Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. To hear the testimonies that are going to be spoken this morning, um, just remember that God is on the move and that as folks share what God is doing on their lives, um, there's a... There's a impartation thing that happens as good work is being done in our hearts in our brothers and sisters hearts as we give breath to it as we talk about it as we share God's movement it gives that story permission to be replicated in our own lives and so we're all encouraged you know the apostle John says in revelation that the church us people we overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. So there's a real overcoming thing that happens as we listen, as we open our ears and open our hearts to what the church is saying right now. I wanted to read to you just something that's been on my heart this week. And it's a paraphrase of um, Psalm 42 and 43. And it's written by a really good friend of Sarah and mine, Dave Nixon, who uh, oversees the School of Spiritual Direction and Sustainable Faith in the Vineyard. And so I just received this this week, and it's just been really good for my soul. So I wanted to share it with you. My soul is dry and thirsts for you. True God, just like a thirsty deer hunting for water. I long for you, the true and living God. I ask myself, when will I sense your presence again and feel your comfort? I'm so caught in my sorrow and pain that I'm constantly crying. My heart breaks as I remember the past when I had community and worship. Those were better days. I remember the festivity of leading them into your house, singing with joy, shouting, thank you again and again, joining the congregation in celebration. What's going on? Why am I so upset? Why am I so disturbed? Why can't I just hope in God? Despite this flood of emotions, I'll believe and praise you, the one who saves me, who is my very life, My God, I feel so traumatized. And the only thing that helps is remembering you wherever I may be. It feels like all of your waves are breaking over me, pulling me under. It feels like I'm drowning. But when things are lit up, O Eternal One, I do see your love. And that state, when night closes in and everything's dark, I do feel your presence. At the moment, though, it feels like you've forgotten me. I'm fighting off depression, crying frequently, thinking about the advantage my enemies have, obsessed with their taunts and accusation. What's going on? Why am I so upset? Why am I so disturbed? Why can't I just hope in God? Despite this flood of emotions, I will believe and praise you, the one who saves me who is my very life. 
You're the true God, my shelter, my protector, the one I lean on. If that's the case, why have you turned away from me? Why have you rejected me? Is this protracted distress and sadness really necessary? Will my enemies always have the upper hand? Oh my God, let your light and truth break out like the sun so I can see clearly. Lead me to your holy mountain, to your home. If you do that, I'll come to your altar with nothing to hide. I'll come to you, my complete joy. I'll praise and worship you, pouring out songs, unleashing my joys, all to you, my God. What's going on? Why am I so upset? Why am I so disturbed? Why can't I just hope in God? Despite this flood of emotions, I'll believe and praise you, the one who saves me, who is my very life. So I've been here at Vineyard Cleveland since uh, last summer. My wife and I started coming last summer um, during the parking lot services. And I'm going to go back a little bit before that to, uh, to explain how I got to Cleveland in the first place. So I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I uh, lived there my entire life up until <laughs> last summer. Um, so I was in a, a job position um, that I liked the work that I was doing, but I didn't like the people that I was working with, and I wasn't treated very well. And so, um, because of what I do, I had recruiters reaching out to me all the time and saying, you know, are you open for positions? We have all these wonderful positions. And I always said, no, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but I just felt a prick at my heart that I should start entertaining some of these options that, that kept coming through my doorway. And uh, my in-laws live in upstate New York, and so I thought, you know, if I could find a position that would get me closer to them, they're getting older, and, and, and we're, you know, at that time we were about nine hours away from them, ten hours depending on who was driving and how fast and all that. But, <laughs> but um, so I started entertaining options and um, got an opportunity with Metro Health here in Cleveland. And it was just a green light from God from the word go. Um, it just, uh, you know, they loved me, I loved them. Um, I got to step into a senior level position. Um, I've gotten three raises since I've been here. It's just been a God thing that, that brought me here to Cleveland. Um, but moving during the pandemic was a difficult thing. Um, and so, you know, I'm a very social person. And so when I'm isolated by myself, that's, that's really hard for me. And so the, the first month, um, we hadn't completely moved yet, so I was staying, staying at an Airbnb, and I went into the office, and about, you know, 98% of our staff were working from home. <laughs> so when I went into the office, I saw three people every day, <laughs> which was better than nobody, but I, I saw three people every day. And like I said, I was staying at an Airbnb, and I just didn't, you know, have a whole lot of connections at that point. And so I, you know... I did what I had to do, and then a, a month or so later, we moved the entire family here, and, um, you know, we came from an awesome church back in Indiana. We were very plugged in. I had been there about 20 years. I had been working with the youth most of that time, um, working with the men's ministry. Um, my wife worked with children, and we just, you know, it, it was a, we had a family group, and it was just, we were well-connected there, well-loved, and so that was the hardest part about moving is, okay, where are we going to find fellowship, especially during a pandemic when most people aren't going to meet in person. Um, 
And so we really prayed about that and saw God about that. And, you know, you, you don't get to know people through a Zoom service. You know, you don't get to know people through, you know, watching them on a screen. And so, and like I said, I'm a social person. I want to interact with you guys, you know. And so um, we visited a few different churches and really didn't feel anything at those churches. Really, you know, they weren't bad churches. They weren't doing anything wrong. We just didn't feel connected there. And um, the first Sunday we came here to... To Vineyard, I felt the spirit moving in a way that I hadn't since I had been here in Cleveland. And um, so we had, you know, planned to visit a couple of other churches, but um, my wife Janice and I just decided, you know what, we felt the spirit move here. We know that God's here. Why don't we just stay here? And, and so that's what we've done. And that's what we, we plan to do going forward. And, um, you know, we've, we've gone through the... Um, the classes and everything and have become partners and, um, you know, trying to figure out where we fit in, you know, what, what can we do here? I know, you know, I worked with, with youth basically since I was a youth back in Indiana, but, you know, I, I, when we moved here, I kind of put everything on the, you know, on the back burner and said, God, whatever you want, you know, I, I'm good with that. You know, I don't have to work with youth anymore. You know, I don't have to do anything anymore, you know, whatever you want me to do. And um, when we had the, the guest pastor a, a few months back, and, and he was saying, you know, coming back from the pandemic, you know, get plugged in. Use the gifts that God has given you. And, and God said, it's time to pick that gift back up. And um, so, you know, I didn't know many of you youth, and I still don't know many of you youth, but I'm going to get to know you in the coming months. So beware. <laughs> and uh, the passage that God keeps bringing to my mind um, because I, I have struggled with anxiety and depression uh, my entire life. Um, didn't know about the anxiety part. I knew about the depression. I didn't know about the anxiety part until uh, a couple of years ago. God kind of opened my eyes that anxiety and depression kind of go hand in hand. And, um, but the, the, the passage that he kept bringing to my mind is 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And so whatever I feel that, fear rising up, that anxiety rising up. We're in a pandemic and things constantly changing, you know. Um, I just want to encourage you that you don't have to live in that fear. We don't have to live in that fear of what's going to happen next. What's, you know, are we shutting down again? Are we opening up again? Do my kids have to mask when they go to school? Can my kids even go to school? You know, all of that stuff can bring anxiety and it can be overwhelming. But God has not given us that spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power of love and of sound mind. So about maybe 12 years ago, um, I was happily married, um, very connected to our church, um, loving life, raising my kids. And then it came about uh, that we found out that my husband had been abusing my daughter the whole time we were married. This was my second husband, and that was her stepfather. That is not what all this is about, but that's just setting the stage. Um, that triggered what we call the long, dark night of the soul, the valley of death. Um, and that valley lasted like 10 years <laughs> because something like this affects every aspect of your life. It affects your mind, your spirit, everything. Um, and not just my daughter, who's the victim, but myself, my son, our extended family, all of it. This 
this spread very wide and it was very deep wounds. Um, but over the last 12 years, God, when I look back, he's been so faithful through it. He's, he's provided for us, even though initially a lot of things were taken away and we lost a lot. Um, over the last, you know, 12 years, God has been bringing things back, but bringing them back better, um, bringing them back stronger. Uh, my faith has grown in ways I never thought it could. I've, my daughter is now counseling um, people who've been through what she's been through. How amazing is that? How good is that? Um, but the, the last lingering part of it that um, I have been struggling with is guilt. Um, I always just, I was the one who brought this, this person into our lives, who, who brought such havoc, who created this chaos, who did evil to my child. Um, and as a mother, you know, our job, I feel like, is, is to be like that, that filter that filters the, the harsh things out of the world from our children. We're, we're supposed to be that block, like that, you know, the windbreaker. And, and I didn't. Um, I was the one that, that brought the, the cast into our lives. And, and that has been such a struggle. Um, everything else has been um, really, God has, is so good and has brought it back. But that little thing was stealing the joy. God had brought so much wonderfulness into our lives since then. But I wasn't embracing it. I wasn't holding on to it. I wasn't experiencing the joy. And, and it kept me from wanting to share my story because, you know, I, I don't look good in this story because, you know, because I let this happen. But um, recently we, I was in a small group and um, it was like after most of the people had left, a few of us were lingering and I had shared this with... Um, the ladies in the small group, and and they prayed with me over it. Um, but it just, I've prayed over this many times, but it just was different this time. And, and since then, I left there with kind of a lightness that I hadn't felt in a long time. And uh, since then, I've been praying more on it. And um, I just have to say, over the last couple of weeks, I have felt a freedom that I didn't ever think was going to be possible to feel. Um, God is good, and um, you just have to trust him for the long haul because some things take longer <laughs> than others to recover from, and, and God is a kind and gentle God, and he doesn't rush us through it. He, he brings it as we can handle it and as we can manage it. So, um, so that's my testimony where God is, is at right now in, in my life. And thank you for listening. I knew what I wanted to share today, but then God showed me a second thing to share about. Um, so the first topic makes me feel uh, pretty vulnerable, but um, when God has done what he has done for me, I feel it's necessary to share. I've only been here in Ohio for a little over a year, like Joe said. Um, if you knew me five or so years ago, I was much different then. I was about 
65 pounds heavier, and I would use food to cope with life that hadn't quite turned out the way I hoped it would. Um, after many short-lived diets, exercise programs, and different recovery groups, God helped me to accept that I'm a food addict. I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. Um, even though I was a Christian, I did things like steal food or use excess money for food. I tried to eat sensibly around others and then uh, secretly gorge in private. I'd sometimes eat to the point of feeling pain and still not be able to stop eating. I'd learned how to cover my tracks. I was full of guilt and shame um, because I knew that I was making food an idol in my life and I just couldn't stop. Then God... Um, spoken to me through a sermon about needing to surrender all my life, uh, my whole life for Jesus, and that included the way that I ate. Um, and God led me to an online-based Christian 12-step recovery program for food addicts called Full of Faith. I knew this was my answer to prayer, and by God's grace, when um, January 2019 rolled around, he helped me to commit to this um, Christian recovery program, and I learned that uh, because I abused food in the past, I needed specific boundaries to find freedom. I learned that I needed to abstain from certain foods like uh, flour, sugars, sweeteners, and volume. Uh, basically, I treat those foods as an allergy to me. With God's help, I work my recovery program daily, including um, daily phone meetings, um, having a food plan, prayer and meditation, connecting with my sponsor and other fellows in recovery. It's a way of life for me. I've learned that it's not really about the weight, it's about the heart. And when I could finally see that I needed a change of heart and I couldn't do this on my own, I was able to ask God for help, and he did. I know that it's only because of God that I've maintained abstinence for the past two and a half years. Um, I've learned to be grateful for my addiction because I know without it that I would not be leaning so closely on him daily. When I look back at my food addiction recovery journey, I'm reminded of Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I believe God has used all the parts of my journey, mistakes and failures included, to bring me to where I am today. Another scripture that God has highlighted to me uh, during this time is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I feel like God has done this for me and continues to show me which path to take. This leads me to the second thing I wanted to share, and Joe kind of shared a little bit, but this is my part of the testimony. So, um, But even before um, I knew that we were, would be moving to Ohio, I always said that the hardest thing about moving would be finding a church family. I felt so connected to our old church. Um, then we moved here, and we visited several churches. Um, I would pray that God would make it very clear to me what church um, he would have me to take root in. And um, 
although there was no flashing neon sign like you hoped for, um, he did make it clear. Um, we knew that the most important thing in a church for us was that the Holy Spirit was at work. And um, I can honestly say that I felt that way the very first time I came to visit at the drive-in church. And um, Tammy took the time to pray over our family. Um, during a year of separation with the pandemic, I can only attribute our connection with the body of Christ here as a working of God. He has helped our family to get involved, um, and that has helped us to make connections with an amazing group of people. Um, I'm truly grateful for you, Vineyard Cleveland, and grateful to God for leading us here. Thank you.